Section number 12 of Stories and Pictures. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lola Janey. Stories and Pictures by I. L. Peritz. Translated by Helena Frank. The Second Who Is Not Afraid. Yosso, the beggar student, would also like to marry, and has equally put his hope in the pestilence. He is the one orphan lad in the town. The householders could get no other if they wished. They will have to marry him off. And he wishes it very much, which is no wonder. It is in the family. His father and his grandfather, at his age, had already buried children, and he is 18 years old. He is a scorn and a derision. They call him bachelor and old maid he has no place at the academy all day the illusions made at his expense prick him like pins all night it's worse he lies all alone in the house of study on the hard bench and does not sleep whole nights the bad dreams will not let him he is ready to crawl up the wall he begs and implores the neighbors to marry him he asks mercy, and the answer is always the same. Unless it be the Queen of Sheba, who will look at you, scab? That, as it happened, was something Yosso had not, but he had other attractions. He had come to the place fourteen years before with his father, a book peddler who fell ill on his way through, and who, not of you be it said, died there. He had never known his mother and therefore had wandered about with his father from babyhood. Cole was moved to pity. Householders brought up all the books in order to bury the father, which they did almost for nothing and even gave him a nice grave. The orphan was taken into the Talmud Torah and told to sleep in the house of study. He ate days as he was still doing when my story begins in half a year's time he went through measles in the house of study and then smallpox and got a face as pitted as a greater the next year brought new misfortunes in the house of study was an old split stove which also was the official heater this oven was a useless old thing and gave out no heat by days things were bearable at night the stove went down to freezing point Yossel's rags given him by the householders on some holiday were hardly enough to clothe him never sufficient for extra covering at night one day yosso thought the matter over and stole the key of the woods storeroom he commenced to steal wood and every day he heated the stove more and sat by the fire and warmed himself at last as people said god punished him for his theft the stove suddenly burst and a piece flew out and broke his foot the town roifa cured it but it remained shorter than the other and yosso limped from that day forward and he was no genius not even specially diligent who would fix on him whom was he likely to attract not even a water carrier would take him for a son-in-law meantime as though to spite him his eyes would burn like hot coals his heart beat and yearned and sickened after something he often felt dizzy it was a sound as if bells in his ears and he shook as in a fever hot and cold hot and cold but who troubles about an orphan the householders feel they have done their part in giving him free meals what sort of meals 
well what merit is there to be secured in feeding a boy like that a boy who won't learn sits over a book and is all the time wool gathering you speak to him and he doesn't hear all of a sudden he starts up and jumps away from his place leaves the book open and runs about the house of study like a mad thing upsets the reading desks upsets the people like one possessed a mad cat a scatterbrain tendons bones moldy bread the day before yesterday's porridge and that's a waste what's the use of him he may thank his stars that he's an orphan a boy of that sort in a family is apprenticed to a workman but nobody wants to undertake a strange child who would care to be responsible for it besides the father was a learned man who recited torah in his last moments and who died like a saint in the seventh month after making a very clear confession of sins and who would dare apprentice the child of such a one to a workman who would undertake to answer for it to the dead and so yasu grew up alone in the house of study by day he was tormented by malicious observations and at night by bad dreams it is two or three years since he had rest but he would not let himself drift he felt that these were bad thoughts evil dreams but they grew stronger and stronger and his will grew weaker and he began to fast but this was of no avail to recite psalms no use at all to study when he could not read the letters fiery wheels circled before his eyes he saw that the seducer was stronger than he was and he let his wings droop and cease to oppose him he only consoled himself with the thought that he too might be married some day and he waited for the matchmongers and then as they did not come to him he put shame aside and went to them but that is not done so easily months passed before he ventured to speak to a matchmonger first to one then to another then to a third until he had been to all there were in the town and when the last one had given him the same reply as the others that no one would look at him but the queen of sheba he fell into great despondency life had become hateful to him one night it occurred to him that it would be better to die than to live thus he began to battle afresh with this new sinful thought and again his strength began to fail the first time the thought came like a lightning flash and vanished the following day it came again and stayed longer on the third day he had time to consider it he remembered that last week there had been a strong wind a sign that someone had hanged himself perhaps a gentile no there would never be a wind because of a gentile it must have been a jew a year ago there was a jew drowned in the bath Chaim the tailor who knows perhaps he drowned himself on purpose what should a tailor be doing in the bath in the middle of the week on the eve of the day of atonement everyone goes but on a wednesday like any other a few days later he felt drawn to the bath as though by pincers where is the harm i can go if i like he went but he did not even undress he felt that once in he would never come out again that he would remain there he stood some time leaning over the bath he could not tear himself away from it but gazed at the dark water with a faint reflection of himself trembling on the surface 
then it seemed to him that was not his image but Chaim the tailor and that Chaim the tailor smiled and beckoned to him come come it is so quiet here so cool a delight he grew hot all over and fled in terror it was only in the street that he collected himself again passing a rope makers he observed that the ropes lay tossed about anyhow the rope maker had gone away somewhere why had he just gone away where to a few other such silly questions passed through yosel's mind while his hands acting of themselves stole away a rope that happened to be lying on the doorstep he was not aware of the theft till he found himself back in the house of study he was very much surprised he could not think of how the cord had gotten to his pocket it is god's doing he thought with tears in his eyes god himself wishes me to take my life to hang myself and he felt a bitterly piteous compassion for himself in his heart god who had created him who had made him an orphan who had sent him the smallpox who had thrown a piece of the stove at him wished him now to hang himself he had refused him this world and now he is to lose the other as well why because he had not mastered the seducer how could he all by himself without parents without companions and the seducer is after all an angel and has been under arms since the creation and yosel feels very wretched and unhappy god himself is unjust to him if he wishes him to hang himself he sees it clearly there is no uncertainty about it and what is the outcome if god wills it so what can he do he the worm the orphan he cannot withstand the seducer then how shall he dare to think of going against god no he will not attempt to go against god he takes the rope and goes up into the loft of the shoal he will not profane the house of study he will not hang himself over against the ark in the loft there is a hook equally provided by him how else should there be a hook up there who knows how long the hook has been waiting for him god may have prepared it before he also was born or thought of thus considering he folded the rope something had occurred to him suppose the contrary suppose it to be the work of satan suppose the same satan who sends me the other thoughts has sent me this one too and he let the rope be it is a matter for consideration he must think it well over to lose both this world and the world to come is no trifle thereupon the clock struck four dinner time and he became suddenly aware that his stomach was cramped with hunger and he came down from the loft and left the rope folded up every night he feels drawn to the rope he does what he can to save himself he runs to the ark puts his head among the holy scrolls and cries pitifully to them for help he frequently clasps a desk so that it may be more difficult for him to leave the spot where he clings with all his might to the stove and who knows what the issue of the struggle would have been but for the pestilence oh now he drew a deep breath of relief an end to hanging an end to melancholy they will have to give him a companion and not the queen of sheba he is the one orphan in the town end of section twelve